We're so blessed, like I said, to have all of you here. And uh, thank you, thank you. And all of you watching, we're so glad that, because I know there were some that couldn't come, they were going to have to stay and watch. And, but we're so glad that we're doing that, that we're allowing uh, God's amazing grace. And it's just so good to see all of you at this resurrection day. Amen. God has some uh, really uh, supernatural t- things to do and to touch our lives. Amen. He really, really, really does. He, his hand is upon us, and we thank God for that. And he's going to continue. And as you can see, we need a bigger building, but we're working on that too. Amen. We really, really are. We are. We're working. You know, it, it just, you got to go through a lot of hoops. People always say, why can't we just build it? Well, you, you got to go through a lot of hoops in order to build. And uh, so that's the challenges, but we're doing it. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God's good. Well, you know, this morning we want to welcome all of our visitors and all of you that are here. We uh, are so glad that you're here. I know you've been invited, twisted your arm, threatened, and we're so glad that you're here. Praise God. But if you'd like to dare fill out one of our Connect cards to let us know how you heard about us, it's probably because grandma, mom, dad, whoever threatened you to be here. We're glad that you're here, okay? And uh, we promise, you know, it'll be a blessed time for you. So, so anyways, uh, if you'd like to fill out a Connect card for us, that'd be a wonderful thing, just so we could get connected with you, just so we could say, hey, we love you. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, you know, we love God with all of our hearts, and we are just doing our best uh, to bring back the King. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So if you could fill those cards out, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of them. I know you're close together, but we tried to put them as, as easily to get to as, as we can there. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, you know what we're going to do this morning? Right now, we're actually going to honor God with our tithes and with our offerings. We're going to worship God with our giving. So if you do need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. Uh, you can fill those out, you know, making out checks, making out the Harvest Bible Church. Uh, of course, all of you that know how to do that, then all of you that are watching, you know how to give online. And uh, we're just we're praising God. We are. We are believing God to build a, a building at the end of this, right down here at the west end of our uh, facility here in that open lot. Well, it's not open. It's very crowded right now, but we're going to take everything out. And uh, it's going to be around eight to 10,000 square feet. Praise God. Just to give you an idea, this is only 3,600 square feet right here. So we are gonna, we're going to double it and triple it almost. And so allow God to be God. Amen. And we're believing for that. And that's what we're also believing for the finances to do that. And we're thanking God. Hallelujah. We are believing that probably at the end of this month, we're going to start our roof and all that kind of wonderful stuff too. Hopefully it doesn't rain and some more to delay it, but God is good. We're still doing good things. You know, the Bible tells us to bring our tithes and offerings to worship God with our giving, but it also tells us to do it full of faith and full of joy. Amen. Aren't you glad that get God involved in your lives? Amen. It's so good. You never give because you think you have to. You give because you want to. You give because you love and honor God. Amen. And we're blessed. Amen. And Harvest Bible Church is great ground. It is really good ground. Hallelujah. So let's pray over this offering and the ushers are going to serve you. And then uh, we got a few announcements to share with you. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you once again. Glory to God. Thank you for this resurrection day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the privilege it is to bring our tithes, to bring our offerings, to worship you with our giving. Lord, we just thank you. You're the one that opens the windows of heaven. You're the one that causes all grace to abound toward us. 
And Father, you're the one that first gave to us. You gave Jesus Christ to us. Hallelujah. Your greatest gift of all. And you told us, hallelujah, of how to operate in your kingdom. And so, Lord, we thank you that we know how to operate in the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you for it, Father. And now, Lord, as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. And Lord, we thank you that every need is met in their lives and every need is met at Harvest Bible Church. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Ushers, go ahead. Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday, everybody. Y'all thought just because it was Easter there'd be no announcements? No. Turn to your neighbor real quick. Say, thank God for the announcements. I got two quick ones for you this morning. First one, um, for men's Bible study, this Tuesday is going to be normal Bible study, and the following Tuesday will be the dinner. That'll be the 18th, and that's 6 p.m. on Tuesdays. That's for... You can sign up today um, out in the foyer. So make sure you sign up today. Give us a good idea of head count for food and things like that with the dinners is always very helpful. Um, also, ladies' breakfast is coming up for the third Saturday. Um, I'm very excited about this, not because I get to go, um, but because this Saturday my wonderful wife is going to be sharing with you, Samantha, wherever she is. Uh, I just wanted to do an announcement so I could brag on her real quick. Um, but I want to encourage you uh, all to come out for that breakfast, especially for our youth students. Come and support Samantha out there. Um, that's going to be this upcoming Saturday, the 15th at 9 a.m. as always. And it ends whenever, um, whenever you're done talking. So anyways, that's it for the announcements this morning. Y'all have an amazing Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Nope, no kids. They're all in here today. All the kids are already out. The junior, senior high, you get to hear me once in your lifetime. Praise the Lord. It's good stuff. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, having Resurrection Sunday and, and uh, teaching on the resurrection since this is my uh, 44th year of being in ministry. Uh, and so, you know, which is, which is a little bit of time, a little bit of time, you know, 44 years of, of doing things. You know, that means I've taught 44 times at Easter. And, you know, you kind of think, okay, what, what can we do? How can we bring this home so that everybody doesn't say, I know he's going to talk about an empty tomb. He's talking about Jesus is risen. We know that. Okay. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can endure this. But... Uh, you know, what I want to do is I want to kind of change it up a little bit. I'm going to share just a little bit different because I want us to understand, man, what it actually took place. And when you see what happened. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to Romans chapter 1, uh, which is a little bit different. Because I am going to talk about the resurrection. Because, you know, without the resurrection, there's no Christianity. You guys realize that Jesus could have lived, he could have been here, he could have died, he could have been this great guy, he could have been this wonderful person, which is what most of the world believe that he was. They think he's a historical figure. And so he lived, it's okay to do this, that. It's like, no, praise God, Jesus was a historical figure, hallelujah, or he is a historical figure, but he is the son of God, hallelujah. He actually pulled it off. See, that's the difference. You can actually match up all the religions of the world for a little bit of time. But when you get down to the very end where it says, but our Savior 
rose from the dead. That ended it for everybody else because everybody else's God died. Every other religion of the world, their God died. See, our God died too, but he didn't stay dead. <laughs> See, that's the difference. That's why they give us a hard time and they say, well, you, you Christians, you seem to thrive on the fragrance of an empty tomb. You better believe it. We do thrive on that. And that was the whole crux of Christianity. See, when you believe in the resurrection, you understand, hallelujah, that he was raised up. Why? So that we could be raised up. We have life. Without that, we could, of, of men, we're going to be of men most men. Remember Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said this, if there is no resurrection, because that's what they were saying, that's what he was writing in that chapter. He said, if there is no resurrection, then we are of most men most miserable because we are living our lives in light of that. We're giving up of ourselves. Amen? And that's what, but we understand that there is going to be a resurrection. But here's the great thing about that resurrection is, is that not only is there going to be this great resurrection, but there's going to be a great reunion. Have you ever had anybody that's, that's been, was born again, that loved the Lord, that's died, that's gone on to heaven? Guess what? How do, they're waiting and they're cheering you on. Hallelujah. And they're doing what, whatever they're doing there. But the thing about it is, is that there's going to be not only this great resurrection, there's going to be a great reunion. Hallelujah, that takes place, that happens here. Here in Romans chapter 1, in verse 4, it says this. It says, actually, I'm going to back up to um, verse 3. It says, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was made of the seed of David, amen, according to the flesh, but, and declared to be the son of God with power, hallelujah, according to the spirit of holiness and by the resurrection of the dead. Amen. Aren't you glad that he was raised from the dead? Amen. Now I want you to go to Romans chapter four. Hallelujah. And so Romans chapter four and verse 25. Hallelujah. Amen. Actually, let's back up a little bit. Go up, back up a little bit. Uh, this is talking about Abraham, but it's really good. Let's just go to verse 22. He said, and therefore it was imputed to Abraham for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone and that it was imparted or imputed to him, but for us also, man, aren't you glad to whom I shall be, it shall be imputed. And, and while it means it should, should be given to us. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, amen who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Hallelujah. You know, my title this morning is Understanding Our, our Justification or Understanding Our Righteousness because it never, it, I just don't understand. I mean, I grew up in church. I got born again. I was so thrilled to get saved as a child. Found out, read my Bible, found out all the things. And then when I got filled with the Holy Spirit at 18 years of age, I found out how great the promises of God were and how wonderful, and I've been excited ever since. And I didn't understand because you ever had somebody ask you a question? Oh, you're one of those. <sighs> And you may be thinking you're amongst a whole bunch of one of those this morning, like I said, because you got dragged here, but that's okay. <laughs> because we want to tell you the truth. I do. I want to tell you the truth. Somebody says, well, how do you know that yours is the truth? Because my Savior lives. You know, we, we sang a cappella, he lives, he lives. How do we know he lives? Because he lives in us. He lives in me. Amen. 
because I've been changed. I've been transformed out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. And I found out the promises of God. I found out what God could do in my life. I found out what he did do, what he is doing and what he's going to do. And I wouldn't want to live any other way. Hallelujah. Any other way of what's going on. Hallelujah. We see this, you know, and when we see that it changes us. Amen. It changes who we are. Hallelujah. But that word, what does it mean to be justified? Or what does it mean for our justification? That's a nice big giant sized word. It just seems, it means this. It simply is tied to the Greek word here in this is actually tied. It's obviously tied to the word righteous or the righteousness. It just means that you were made righteous. He was raised from the dead so that you would be made righteous, so that you and God, hallelujah, you know, would become friends, and not only friends, but he would be your father, and you would be his son. Amen? I want to read something to you that I, I read, and it just, it, it just blessed me. And here it is this. You know, one of the great things about it is, aren't you glad that the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ reminds us of how good we are and how good we are with God? Amen? And also, it reminds us that it gives us peace. <laughs> Thank you for your overwhelming response. You're all, you're all nervous, aren't you? How did you? You do realize that Jesus could never have been resurrected from the dead unless God accepted his sacrifice. So it says, how do we know if God accepted it? Because God raised Jesus from the dead. So we know he accepted it. But Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, his whole thing, what he did, everything Jesus did, he did for you and he did for me. Hallelujah. He did it. He died for us. He took upon him all of our sin. Amen? Hallelujah. So here's what I want to read to you. You know, Jesus was raised for our justification. He was raised for us to understand what does justification mean? Well, one translation or one thing says, it's just as if you never sinned. See, the problem with Christians is that we think we're just forgiven sinners. And so the world is like, who, who cares about that? But not only are we forgiven sinners but so that we can become saints, but see, God didn't, through Jesus' blood, he didn't cover us. You know, we saw through the, the whole Old Testament and what they did and when it talked about the lamb, it just covered them. Amen? That's like, instead of you changing the baby's diaper, you just put a new one on and put a lot of powder to make it so it doesn't stink. <laughs> and you think it's cool. It's not cool, you know. But see, with God, he didn't just change us. Glory to God, he made us brand new. Amen. He made us brand new. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so if you understand, it has to do with righteousness. Everything has to do with righteousness, which simply means that it describes us and declares us as a person to be righteous, to be in right standing with God. And it's hard for people to understand that. In fact, it's hard for people to understand forgiveness. People say, well, you know, I understand forgiveness, but I'm never going to forget it. Well, then you don't understand forgiveness. Because, see, God said when he forgave you, he put it in the sea of forgetfulness. The Bible also says when God forgave you, he put it, the sin as far away as the east is from the west. Now, what it, now, why is that so important? Because east and west never meet. Amen? Let's see, the earth is round. It's not flat. Sorry. It is that. Because you can go north and south. You can go so much north, but then when you get to the North Pole and you go over, you're going to be heading south. But you can go east as far as you want to go, and you'll never go west. You will always be going east. Always. 
See, so that's why he didn't say, I put it as far as the north and the south. That would be an ending. But he said, from the east to the west. And to understand that. And so, and see, but we don't understand what does it mean to be just, what does it mean to be pardoned? What does it mean to be not guilty? What does it mean to be that everything that happened us and when we made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life, it is gone. All sin, all guilt, all shame is gone. That we stand clean and holy and righteous before the Lord. Amen. It's amazing how many people get saved or they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they still walk around with guilt and shame. They still walk around, and I know I'm forgiven, I know I'm forgiven, but man, I did this or I did that. And they walk around with a stigma on them. Have you ever seen people that uh, uh, they, they just can't seem to get over their past? Or they can't get over something that they did that's just so big that they just can't seem to rise above it. You know, the thing about the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul wrote Romans here. He wrote this to us. He wrote this to us here. This, this is what he's talking about here when he said in verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses. He, he was delivered for us. He died for us and, and was raised again for our justification or for our righteousness. Amen. Which means we become holy. We become clean before the Father. Hallelujah. But do you know the same Apostle Paul was killing Christians? He killed more Christians. He threw them to the lines. He had, had papers to do that. That's why when Ananias and they told him and said, hey, you know, uh, go, go over. You know, the Lord said to Ananias, go over there. Saul's over there. And, and Ananias said, hey, I've heard of this guy. I've heard of this guy. He's, he's done this. I've heard of this guy. But the Lord said, hey, no, he's got great thing. I want to show him all these things here because he has the authority to put me in prison. He has the authority to kill me. That's why Paul said over too, he said that I am the chiefest of sinners. Amen. And have you know, Paul said this also. He said, I've got a conscience that's void of offense. My conscience is perfectly clear. (laughs) Nobody in here has got a clear conscience. Y'all getting convicted. You probably argued and fussed about how you got to, had to get dressed this morning. Got mad, got upset, had to forgive everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. See, when you know you've been made right or you know that you've been set free, then you can walk free. And the rest of the world is supposed to see how free we really are. Not free to sin, but free not to sin, but free to serve God and rejoice in the freedom and the joy that we have. Amen. You know, we look at these things and and see, that's really true freedom. See, true freedom is not being able to do what you want to do. True freedom is able to say, no, I don't have to do that. And it's okay that I don't do that. I I choose not to do that. But to understand freedom. So I want to share with you about what does it mean to be a righteous person this morning? What does it mean to have the right standing with God? And if you're not born again here this morning, or if you don't understand that term, if you do not know who Jesus is, if you've not ever made him the Lord of your life, if you've never believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, amen, then you're not saved. You could say, I know about Jesus, I believe in you, but if you've never confessed him with your mouth, you've never truly made him your Lord, you're not born again, and you need to be. Because when you are, then you get to receive all the things that I'm about to talk about, about the righteous. Because this, if there's the thing that God talks about, especially with these scriptures, it talks about the difference between the righteous and the wicked. Now, well, nobody wants to be called wicked, but if you don't know who God is, that's who God categorizes you as. Amen. 
Well, we're not beating you up. We're just telling you the truth. We just want to help you. Amen? Because we know this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, was made sin for us. Jesus was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And most people don't understand their righteousness. They don't, they don't know that because we mess up all the time. Thank God for 1 John 1, 9, where you're supposed to ask for forgiveness. But that doesn't give you a license to sin because if you keep sinning, you will become uh, sin conscious. It'll mess you all up. In fact, Paul said this in Romans chapter 6. He said, should we keep sinning so that God's grace can keep abounding? And Paul said, of course not. Are you stupid or what? <laughs> That's what he said. You know, and uh, I'm paraphrasing that there. So anyways, but, uh, you know, we see some things here from God. And what I want to get across to the body of Christ, you know, the reason that the world doesn't want to rush in here and want to be like us or want to be in, our, uh, uh, in the family of God is because we haven't portrayed the forgiveness of God. We haven't portrayed the righteousness of God. We haven't portrayed the love of God the way it should be of knowing how awesome God is. What happens is, is that we've allowed, uh, you know, thinking that they're, what they have is more fun than what we have. Thank you for your overwhelming response. See, you hit a nerve. It's like, oh, they heard it. No. There is nothing that the world has compares to what God has. See, here's the problem. Many of you have been drunk with, with you know, alcohol, all kinds of things. Many of you have been high on drugs and all that kind of stuff, but you've never tasted and seen. None of you have been drunk in the Holy Ghost, and you don't know how awesome it is to be that way, and you don't even know you could, and the Bible tells you you're supposed to. He said there's certain things in life you're not supposed to go through sober. It's true. But you're not supposed to go get drunk either and go get crazy. He tells you, don't can't do this. Say, God, if I'm not supposed to, what am I supposed to do? He says, you're supposed to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? He told us, he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It's what the Bible says. We get this here. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, it says this. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus was made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He made all those things so that we could walk around free from the condemnation, condemnation and guilt that everybody wants to put on you. You're not a forgiven sinner. You were a forgiven sinner, but once you got saved, how you became a saint, even though you didn't act like it, you got the nature of God, even though you're not using it, you need to understand how to use it, how to tickle, because these are promises that we have, Amen. I mean, the very first promise that he said here in the scriptures in Proverbs, he said, God lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. Sound wisdom for the righteous. How many of you ever heard this terminology? Man, if you're going to do business, don't do business with a Christian. Because <laughs> you can't trust them. See, because you know what the sinner's going to do. You know what the ungodly is going to do. There it is. There it is. You're not, you're not looking for anything. But when you got somebody say, hey, I'm your brother. Hey, let's do this. And you're thinking, oh, this could be really good. And then you get cheated and get messed up. And that ought not be so. Amen. It ought not be so. Because God's laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. But how many of you know you've heard some of your brothers and sisters or you've seen people who, who are professing that they're Christians do some really dumb things? It's because... Because they haven't understood the wisdom and the righteousness of God. Amen? Do you know he goes on to say this? That his secret is with the righteous. 
God will tell you things. John chapter 16 and verse 13 says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but that which he hears from me, Jesus is doing the talking. He said, he's going to show it to you and he's going to show you things to come. So you know things ahead of time. Amen. God's going to show you things. See, we talk about the righteous. And the reason I want to talk about it is because church, we need to know who we are so everybody else can, can actually want to appreciate. Say, hey, you know what? I, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be like that. I'd like to have that. Amen. He goes on to say that the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Amen. Which is like, means you ought to be speaking words of life. But if we as Christians are not giving any hope, how many of you know the, the resurrection is hope? That we believe that he died and he was risen from the dead so that when we die, we're going to get raised up from the dead. Hallelujah. And when we talk about that, yeah, this body, this flesh is going to put on, you know, immortality. Hallelujah. But the real man on the inside is the spirit of God that's on the inside of me. That's what gets raised up. Amen. Thank God. We've got hope. We've got that hope. We've got that hope. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He goes on to say that the desire of the righteous shall be granted. How many Christians walk around and want and desire? Y'all okay? <laughs> you know, I work hard to make things different and to stir you up because I really want to because I want you to know how great this resurrection is, how great this salvation is. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to have the life and the nature of God on the inside of me and to have God here answer our prayers, do the things that he's supposed to do in our lives? See, Ephesians chapter 3, right in there, it talks about, it says, God did all this stuff. Paul's talking and he says, God's doing this because God wants to show the devil and the world how great he is through the church. Through the manifold wisdom of truth through you. He wants to make the church, not the church, he wants to make the world and everybody else jealous on how great life is doing in your life. How joyful you are, how peaceful you are, how, how wonderful it is. Because you got peace. Amen? You look at these things, you say, man, it's awesome. It's awesome. Hallelujah. I love this one because the Bible says that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Now, how many of you know you got kids or grandkids or different things might not be doing right stuff? You say, wait a minute. God says, my, I, I'm righteous because I'm standing righteous with you. And you know, it's really hard for people to say they're righteous, but you know, you get born righteous. Remember what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says? He who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you got born again, you got born righteous. You got born in right standing with God. You got born that you have peace with him. You have joy with him. Hallelujah. And you take hold of that and you can walk into the throne room of grace boldly, the Bible says. Hallelujah. You don't have to have anybody go with you. You don't have to have anybody go for you. Amen. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us come boldly. Oh man, one of the greatest things, I remember being a little kid at this time, but I remember one of the big things about it, it was, it was fun, but then later on as I was looking at it, when John F. Kennedy was president, his kids were running through the White House and they bolted into the, the, the Oval Office and all the Secret Service were saying, hey, you can't go in there. They got past the Secret Service then, that tells you how effective they were. But anyways, you know, but kids are quick. And they said, the president's in there. And that little kid looked up and said, that's not the president, that's my daddy. See, the problem is most people have God. It's God. It's God. And it is God. But that God happens to be my father. 
He happens to be Abba Father. Hallelujah. And he, here's, the, here's the big problem. People say, well, you're just trying to make God out to be, uh, you know, something that you can just go use or you can go to. No, I'm making God out to be my father. He's the one that, that told me I could go to him. He's the one that made me righteous. He's the one that forgave me of all my sins. He's the one that said he would do that. He's the one that gave me all these promises. Amen. He did it. I didn't do it. I'm just reading the scripture says, hey, you said the hope of the righteous is gladness. You said the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. You said that you're righteous. You're going to deliver out of all of their trouble. I'm in trouble. I need some deliverance. See, that's the problem. People don't want to believe that, but we as Christians have to believe it so that the sinners can see that there's hope. Amen. They got to see that there's hope and hope for you and I. Amen. And yes, they're supposed to be convicted. And yes, they're supposed to think they've, but they've got to make decisions. Because the Bible goes on to say, the house of the righteous shall stand. And your house will stand. Amen. God spoke to, God shared with, he's telling us, hey, listen, we can do this. Amen. We see the hand of God. Hallelujah. And when you see the hand of God, it changes you. No, we're not perfect. We know that. We know that we mess up all those things there. We mess up every day. But thank God. For the forgiveness of God, because it's true. First John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin. Now, you can't tell God you got a problem. He wants to know that you have a sin. You just got to confess that. And say, so here it is. Let's deal with it. But if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse you from sin and to you know, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why does the Bible continually talk about righteousness or righteous or unrighteousness? Because Paul was trying to get across to everybody, quit thinking about your past. Quit thinking about, why could Paul say, I have a conscience that's void of offense. I have, I have a conscience that's free from all guilt when he murdered people. How about let's bring it over? He said, yeah, but that was before. How about let's bring it over into when he got in a big fight with Barnabas and blew up the ministry and said, Mark's a punk and he's no good. He's a wimp. He left us in the middle of the thing. We don't want to have anything to do with him. Come on. That's what he said. Barnabas said, no, he's my nephew. I got to take care of me. It's family. I got to take care of family. Well, and Paul said, well, forget you then. I'm going to take Silas then what would make Paul later on in life tell his, his folks and say, hey, listen, you know, bring Mark because Mark's profitable in the ministry now. But how many of you know that if it was up to Paul, Mark would have never been profitable in the ministry because Paul wrote him off. Lest you think Paul was perfect. <sighs> Paul had the little man syndrome. You know what I mean by that? He's a little guy. He's always wanting to fight everybody. So prove how tough he was. But that's just another story. But anyways, you see all that. But, but the key is, is that Paul understood. Paul had forgiveness. Amen? Paul had forgiveness. He understood that. He knew that Mark may have not done right things here, but Mark was profitable. But do you do know that when Paul threw Mark away, Peter went down and said, you're going to be my son. Because over in Second Peter, it says, Mark is my son in the faith. And so the gospel of Mark is really the gospel of Peter, which is wonderful. So, I mean, because that's how Mark was seeing it through the eyes of Peter and what was going on, what was taking place. And you see the hand of God in it. Amen? You see this. Because, see, with the seed of the righteous and with you, with you the Bible says that God's not going to leave you. 
He's going to be with you. He's going to, he's going to you know, uh, cause you to rise up. In fact, one scripture says this in, in Proverbs 12, 28. It says, in the way of, of the righteous in, and its pathway, there is no death. Man, aren't you glad? You know, when you know that you've got eternal life and, and the resurrection of the Lord, when you understand that, it changes the way you live. Amen? When you understand what Jesus did for you and how he made you have peace with God and he made you righteous, that's true freedom. And it's not freedom to go do crazy things or go out and sin. It is the true freedom to serve God and to tell your flesh to shut up and to not go out and do the dumb things that you used to do, but to do the things that God wants you to do and to allow God to be God in your life. Amen? You know, because the Bible also says a righteous man hates lying. So that means you just got to stop lying. No big deal, right? You know, actually, and it also goes on to say that a righteous man, they guard those who are blameless. That means they're for the under, for those who are in justice. Amen. Also says that God's going to give you favor. Favor. What does favor mean? It means God's going to open doors. He's going to be able to, you're just going to be blessed. There's things going to happen that you're like, man, I don't know. This is just awesome. He also said in the house of the righteous, there's going to be much treasure so that his kingdom can go forth. Amen? Hallelujah. And he's going to make your way plain, he says. It's not hard to follow God. We make it hard because we want to do our own thing and then we want God to bless ours instead of getting his ideas. And then we get mad and say, well, I can't understand. Why is God letting this happen? God has nothing to do with it. You haven't asked him anything. You haven't got him into your life. And then when you mess up, you say, well, God, why is he doing this? That's like, that's like you asking your parent, you know, when they say, don't touch this, and you touch it and you burn your finger, why did they let you do that? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, all of, all of us that have kids, we've had our kids say that to us. Well, why did that? I said, because I told you not to, and you did it anyways. And there's consequences, you know. Hallelujah. We see this. We see the hand of God. Hallelujah. But God's heart is for us. Amen. Well, I don't want to keep you long, but what I want to do is I want to get it across to you, especially for those of you that you know God and you're wondering why my life seems hopeless. Why does it seem like, where's God in this? Where's God in all the things that we've gone through? Where's it at? But you need to understand, God hears the prayers of the righteous, the Bible declares. He does. Hallelujah. And, and, and the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and he's there. Listen, let me just share with you right now for this, what we're going into, what's taking place. We live in a world that's totally different. We live in a world that, you know, uh, they won't talk about anything bad about anything except Christianity. And they won't have anything else. That, you know, so there's, you're, you're a minority in that in the sense of where, oh, you're one of those. And, and of course, my response is, is very, just right, is, oh, and you're not? I, I just don't have enough faith to go through life by myself. I need help. It's not because I'm weak. It's because I need help. I need help, and I found a Savior who's helping me. I found a Holy Spirit who lives in me, who's guiding me and directing me, and I love my life, and I enjoy what he's doing, and I love where I'm going, and I'm having a blast, and you're mad because I'm happy. I mean, if you haven't had anybody come up to you and be mad because you're smiling and happy, you're not smiling and being happy enough. Amen. 
If you're not, if, if somebody is not coming and asking the reason of how come you're so joyful, why are you so excited? Then you're not excited enough. See, that's what the body of Christ, that's what this sermon is all about, about our righteousness, about our justification. That's what Jesus did. He died on the cross. He was proven that he was the son of God because of the resurrection. He raised up the grave is empty. Glory to God. But he, what he did for us, he, he made us righteous. He made us in right standing with God. Now, everybody gets really complicated with that word. All that simply means is now you're right with God. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. You know, I had a friend when I was growing up. He had a big German shepherd. Big German shepherd. Mean, his dad had, I should say. And so we, I mean, he was just mean. So I go to his house. They always have to lock the dog in the backyard or anything. So, but then I, I went off to Bible college. I came back home and I walked in and the, and the dog was in the living room. And I was like, ah. And he, you know, the dog was huge. He kept, and he had bitten several people. And I thought, oh my gosh. And he, and he would just, he, like he was going to eat me every time I was around there. And he was just as nice. He just sat there and I looked at my friend's dad and I said, hey, hey, what happened? He said, oh, I told him you were a friend of God. You went off and got, you got thing. I mean, I look at this dog and I went, dude, you wanted to eat me for four years of high school. And now I'm a friend of God and I'm your best friend. I never forgot that. I thought, I don't know what he did to him or what he said, but that dog, that dog was as nice as could be. I thought, that's interesting. But see, that's the thing about it is we've been fighting against God. Let's, let's, let's bring this thing to a close. We've been fighting against God. Even as Christians, we've been fighting against God thinking that I've got to do it my own way or I've got to do this. No, hallelujah. It's time to let God be God in your life. Listen, this is a true day. This is a resurrection, okay? This is the day we celebrate the resurrection. Yes. Hallelujah. You know, everybody gets nervous the baby's going out. I love babies. I never, I grew up preaching when there was, I mean, there was no kids' church, no nothing. The bathrooms were behind the, right behind me while I'm preaching. So you just, you just keep a preaching. You know, the only time we got nervous is when they were going out the back door and, and the kids would say, help, I'm about to die. Going to get a whipping. Pray for me. You know, those kind of things. So, you know, I, kids don't bother me at all. Hallelujah. That's called life. Amen. You know, we got it so sophisticated now. We keep the kids out, keep the nursery out. You know, it's like, hey, they need to be in here. You know, glory to God. That's called life. That's called the life, and I love that. I love what's going on. And so I tell people all the time, nah, you can leave, those babies can scream and try to out-preach me all they want to. We're good. We're good with that. We are. But we've got to bring it back to all seriousness of it, okay? Hallelujah. Because of God's heart. You know, we're going to go today. We're going to celebrate with family. And we're going to enjoy this resurrection, this Easter. We're going to have a lot of Easter egg hunts and all that kind of nice, fancy stuff. But this is the most special the most precious time of the year because it is our whole crux of our whole lives. But it's also what Jesus did. He died so that we would be justified. When you understand that, that he died so you would be made righteous, so that you could walk hand in hand with God. Hallelujah. That you could have a song in your heart. No matter what's been going on, no matter how difficult it's been over these last years, I tell you, I've been rejoicing. I've been thanking God because what a privilege to trust him again. What a privilege to have faith in him again and to watch God do miracles. And of course, church, for Harvest Bible Church, you've seen the hand of God. 
You guys have seen God do supernatural things financially. You've seen God do supernatural things in a lot of areas. And we thank God for that. Amen. But we have a hope. We have a hope that not in this life, but in the eternal life. That because of the resurrection, that changes everything. Hallelujah. Amen. Not only does the Bible say that the righteous rejoice in the Lord, the Bible says the father of the righteous rejoice over them. How many of you know that God's singing over you? And that he loves you? And that he wants you to be? One of the scriptures that I like in, in, in Proverbs is this. It says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, for me in my life, people have always asked, why are you so confident? Why are you so strong? Why do you, why do you believe this with all of your heart? And, and because, and what, the biggest thing is, why are you so bold? I said, well, I'm bold because this works. Because this truth, this is eternal life. This is life and death. Amen? This is very serious. And, but if you receive Jesus, you get life. And you get life more abundantly. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. A lot of people just get life. They just get John 3, 16. They just get that and then they keep going there instead of getting life abundantly. I mean, I love my life. Have I had tragedy? Yes. Have I had difficulty? Yes. You know, is there all kinds of crazy things going on every single day? Yes. I deal with the people. <laughs> you know, I, my whole life is dealing with people. For 44 years of my life, I deal with everybody's problems. I used to have a bumper sticker that said, you know, lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine, but that's a lie. (laughs) Because every time you mess up or everything and you need help, I'm going to be there. That's my calling. So it is what we do. So I had to rip that up. I ripped that up. I threw it in the trash. I said, no, here's what we're going to do. But see, I love my life. See, I just believe people are precious. I believe people are precious and they don't have a past because I believe that everybody repents every day. Because I have to repent every day. People say, oh, you just doing, you just walking up. I have to repent every day because I get mad at somebody or something. And I have to fight the fight or the battles. But I repent. Thank God I don't say it out loud or I don't say it to anybody. Me and God have great talks. Hallelujah. See, the Bible says if you sin privately, you get to repent privately. If you sin publicly, you got to repent publicly. You understand that? So that's why it's better keep your mouth shut, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. Father, we've made this humorous, but we make this because you're such a great God. And Lord, I, I just thank you for all of these folks. are so precious to see this place packed out, to see so many wonderful, wonderful folks, Father, your hand upon their lives. All these families and family members that have been invited because they want their, their family members to know the love of God. They want them to know the truth that Jesus came. He lived, he died, but he was raised from the dead for them, for their sins, that they might go to heaven for their justification, for their righteousness. Lord, thank you right now as we bow our heads and all those that are watching too. I know that there's a lot of people watching, but if you're here under my voice or you're watching me through the network and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you may have even been raised up in church, but it just that doesn't, being raised in church does not make you a Christian anymore. If you got, sat in the garage and you sat in there and it made you a car, it doesn't work that way. 
doesn't work that way. You've got to be born again. You've got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And you've got to really, truly walk in the light of that. And so if you're here this morning, I want to give you the opportunity. I, my heart's cries that everyone be born again. My heart's cries the whole world would be saved. Jesus died for the whole world. And he said that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. Hallelujah. We should be born again. So what do we need to be saved from? We need to be saved from hell. And we need to be saved from ourselves and the sins that we so easily beset us and mess us all up. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have tests and trials. It simply means you're going to have somebody walk with you through it all. So if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you're here and you, you've fallen away from God and you need to come home, you need to come back. That's what it's all about. And see, we're going to have you raise your hand so we can pray for you, but you're raising your hand to acknowledge God. And the prayer is you believe it in your heart. You're praying it because you're believing and you're accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I remember as a little child, they said, if I would believe in my heart and confess from that, I'd be saved. I was on the back pew. We had pews then. I was on the back pew. And they said a prayer. They wanted me to do all these things, but I got saved right there. And, and, I, and I knew I did. I knew because there was a change in me. There was a change in me. I went from death to life. Hallelujah. I became a new creature in Christ Jesus just by saying those words and believing those words, believing that, Lord Jesus, I love you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Oh, I take you as my Lord and my Savior. And I believe I'm going to make heaven. Hallelujah. So if you're here and you'd say, yeah, I need Jesus. And I need to come home or I need to come back to God or I just need God in my life right now. We're not asking to join the church. We're asking you to join the body of Christ. We're asking if you stay, but if you need that, just raise your hand real high. I see those two hands. Hallelujah. Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody want to join these five or six, seven? Today's the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. God's an awesome God. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Yes. Amen. Anybody yet come back to God? Listen, there's, there's the heart of the Father. God's grace. Don't think you're okay. That's my heart is I don't want somebody saying, well, you didn't, but I want to share with you. So now I want all of us in this whole congregation, I want every one of us to say this prayer. We're going to join all of these seven or eight or nine that, that did it. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die just for me. Just for me. Thank you, Jesus for forgiving me of all my sins and cleansing me and washing me. Lord Jesus, I call you Lord. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. Thank you that I'm going to make heaven and I'm going to miss hell. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, now I pray for all and everyone that's here. And especially for those that have just said, I want this. I desire this. Father, every time you touch our hearts, we want to know you. We want to receive you. Father, something happens. It's a walk that we walk. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Father God, for your grace and your mercy. Because you said if anyone would come unto you, you would in no wise cast them out. 
You wouldn't know why I say, oh, you're not good enough. No, Jesus made us good enough. He died for the chiefest. He died for the worst of the worst. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we thank you for this day and this hour. Oh, as, as they go to their families and as they go, Father, I ask for traveling mercies upon them. Ask for divine favor. Father, I ask for the glory of God just to be there and to reside wherever they go to touch their lives, especially those that have raised their hands and those that have said that prayer for the first time or coming back to you. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you for it now. Lord, you're such a great God, such a holy God. I love you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees said amen Amen and amen. Now, I know it's really close up here and stuff, but, uh, you know, if you raised your hand, we've got some books, and our prayer team wants to pray with you, talk to you. You know, when I got born again, they didn't give me anything. They didn't really tell me anything. You know, I think I'd love God. Of course, I kept going to church, and it was good. But I really wish somebody would have said what happened to me because it would have helped me a whole lot. It would have gave me some, here's what happened. Here's what the new birth is. Here's what walking in this new life would be. And so we want to give you these books. We want to help you. So I'm going to have our prayer team uh, just come. There are going to be people on this side. There are going to be people on this side. Uh, all the rest of you stand up. We're going to go, you know, go, and we're going to be dismissed here. I'm going to be out there hanging out there to shake as many hands as I can. We have a small for you. I love you. Happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter to all of you. We love you. God bless you all. You're dismissed.